Welcome to This Much Love, a recurring positivity podcast with Katie Hearth and Keenan Schneider. Episode 19, Owning My Geek. There we go. Cuffs of coffee. Cough a cuppy. Cuffs of cuppy. Not to like jump into a full-on thing that might turn into a a topic, but did you <laughs> ever did your parents have or like your family members have um sayings that were like unique to them? Um like little idioms and stuff that like um you say or like grew up saying. Yeah. Well, that mm, nobody else does and it was like foreign to other family like other friends. So, well, gosh. Um I the only things that I can that really truly come to mind are things that like my sister and I said as small children yeah. that like carried through. Okay. So, yes, yeah, so like inside jokes. Yes. Okay. So, like, my sister, for example, when she was very small, had a hard time saying the word remember. Uh-huh. And the way she said it, it sounded like brenember. Do you brenember? And so, like, my mom still will say, oh, do you brenember that? Like, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's, like, I can't, I can't really think of, like, a good example. It's, I think it probably comes up most often in restaurants. Um, if I'm ordering something, when I was a very small child, we went to this diner in the town where my grandmother lived. And when the waiter asked what I wanted, I said, I'll have a sandwich and a sip of soda, please. Yes. Oh, my God. You've told, oh, my God. That's so fucking adorable. I'll have a sandwich and a sip of soda, please. Um, Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and you were a soda. You said soda growing up. Yes, we said pop. soda. Yeah, we were a family from California. We said soda. Okay. I'm um, always like, I, I don't keep track of like the uh, the div- regional divisions. Sure. So I know? think it's like in the Midwest, it's pop. Yeah. Um, except in cities. Yeah. Where I think it tends to be soda. There are some places where they just call every soda Coke. Yeah, I think that's more of a Southern thing. Yes. I I grew up kind of fluctuating between the two oh, and really? ended up falling on the side of soda at mm-hmm. some point. Yeah. I don't know why. It just hmm. sounds better to me. It sounds better to me too. I really yeah. just I I I truly like the word pop just makes me go yeah, it's pop. there's something there's something judgmental that flares up in my mind where I'm like that's that's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that's for idiots. <laughs> <laughs> pop is for dumb. Uh the reason why I bring it up, uh, because I said coffee cuppy, and that was yeah. one of the little little jokey things that like my mom would say, mm. my my grandparents, my mom's yeah. parents. Yeah, my would mom say, was like the only person I knew for the longest time who called it Target, and now it's like a thing. Oh yeah, no, we said that for yeah. sure. Growing okay, up. so I think that be- so my mom's from Minnesota. Yeah, and Target was founded in Minnesota. I think like the oh really? The, yeah, I think it started there. I think their headquarters are still. The more you know. The more you know. Bling, bling, bling. Um, and and she and she insisted that like as when they were growing up, they called it Target. Yeah. And as like people in California, I was like, "What are you talking about?" Um, but then I came to the Midwest, and I think I started hearing it a little bit more. And now it's everywhere. Well, 
to be fair, we always said it tongue in cheek. Like it was always Tarjay oh, yeah. was the fac- the facetious way of saying it. Yes, my mother, my mother even I think was just like, okay. oh yes, we're going to Tarjay. Okay. I wasn't sure if she was like being from Minnesota. No, no, She's no, like, no, no, no. That's how they really said it. No, I, I think it was like her fun, <laughs> her fun tongue in cheek thing for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, but cuff a copy. Cough a cuppy. Cough a cuppy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or like uh, <laughs> if there was uh, <laughs> like a warning in front of like uh, uh, an HBO uh-huh. uh, movie where it said like frontal nudity or something, yeah. she'd always say something like noodle frontity. So oh, she'd, she'd play I see, I see. with words like that, which I think yeah. is like where I got sort of a uh an obsession with it yeah no i'm sure i'm sure after my mother listens to this she'll come back and she'll be like oh don't you remember this and this and this um my parent my mom would say all the time whenever we'd get in the car every single time seatbelt city like Mm -hmm. just to remind us like seatbelt city like um my in our car we would say we would we'd sing the buckle up song buckle up for safety buckle up never did not know that song yeah i think we probably made it up yeah um and (laughs) <laughs> my mom would my mother would sing like good morning katie good morning katie oh, that's carried um, over <laughs> i like or no i love or like oh no 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 that's not what it was how did that song go oh so it wasn't no it wasn't I, yes, I jesus, love loves or yes no, jesus loves me yes jesus loves me it was me. not it was not i don't think it was oh my gosh <laughs> Oh, my worlds are melding together. Um, <laughs> she listens to this. She's going to be so disappointed in you. I'm going to like, we're going to have a conversation now and I'm going to like remember yeah. in the middle of the conversation, just start singing this song. We could always edit it back in. Oh, God. She would sing it to my sister all the time because my sister had such a hard time getting out of bed. Oh, fuck. It's gone. We can come I'm back to I'm aging. It. <laughs> Rapidly as Rapid- we speak. <laughs> You my memories are gone. You can't. I am trying to die. <laughs> Dear listener, you can't see this at all, but she just de- decomposed in front of my eyes. This is actually horrifying, but I'm trying and to keep it upbeat. Now I'm a ghost. How are you not more shocked at my demise? Goodness. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't believe I just started uh, singing Yes, Jesus Loves Me as my mother's, like, good morning song. Oh, my God. What was it? And it wasn't – I don't think it was – I don't think it was an, a, a Kim Hearth original. It was something that, like <laughs> – that, like, uh, was in a kindergarten class song. Um, oh, my God. And, and I keep hearing – Good morning, sunshine, um, or starshine. Yep. The world says hello, and that's not the song either. Sure. I just can't. I can't remember what the song is. Mom, I'm gonna talk to you tomorrow. I'm gonna ask you what the song is, but I maybe I'll record something as a retweet. Oh, Jesus Christ! All right, that's absurd. Moving on. Anyway, good times. Good times. So little little idioms. Yeah, God, I can't stop thinking about what this song is. All right, well, let's get you thinking about yeah, something please. else because I do have a question. Okay, I think this is going to be a fun one. Okay, this can go in a number of different directions. Oh no, I think it like well, it's broad, uh-huh. so I think we can come back. Uh huh. But I think it could feed into multiple pathways. This will oh. be fun. We have choices. Okay. We can really do whatever we want from this. Well, that's generally how the show goes every time. Right. That's you know also adulthood. And mm-hmm. potentially the topic for today, which is how much do you love being Dungeons an adult? And... No. <laughs> <laughs> D- 
Dungeons and Dragons. Oof. Um, okay. All right. And I want to say Dungeons and Dragons because that's kind of the basis of like starting to get into role playing mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. RPGs. We don't need to like necessarily talk about Dungeons and Dragons specifically because mm-hmm. like in Dungeons and Dragons, we can do whatever we want. The it's, possibilities are limitless. As our good DM would say. Um, yes. We can, well, you can do whatever you like. Um, <laughs> shout out to Darren. Um, so I have been playing D&D 5e. Yes. That's for, fifth edition for those who are not initiated. Yes, I really should. I should really be kind about that. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition. Yes. D&D 5e. Um, for few months six months or more is it really wow i think so yeah so it's a limited amount of time but yeah but we've been investing ourselves we have maybe it's been maybe it's been less than that okay anyway we've been playing it for a few months um with some folks from work yep um and some folks from outside of work Mm -hmm. who are real life friends with somebody that we work with. Yes. What a sentence. Yeah. Um, Lots going on here. Yeah. So it's a group of seven of us. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it really just started because someone at work was like, I have a couple of friends who want to play D and D and we needed to get a bigger group together who wants to play. And Keenan and I, we. Yeah. We've been jumped right in. We've been talking about this for a while. Like it's something, I mean, we even, I bought us, different sets of dice you know that's true like a year ago a year ago yeah. in anticipation because we talked about oh wouldn't this be fun and mm-hmm. it just never happened because my my exposure to D previously was limited but right. i've always been interested right so um i have never played D before yeah. um i for i mean i think there was gosh like i just don't like despite my history somehow I was never friends with anybody who played yeah. or if I was, they never invited me to play with them. Yep. Um, and I definitely like, especially as like a, a young woman, like a college age person, I think my perception of who D and D was for was not for me. Totally. Um, so I, yeah, so I like I never played and it's very interesting because I think there's been kind of like a resurgence of D&D culture recently. Yes. Um whether it's um watching uh Stranger Things and seeing a lot of references to D&D there um or uh there's the Dan Harmon um kind of D&D-esque in in uh that he does on um, Harmon Quest, yeah, um, and and watching those the like the TV productions of those um, was really fun. And then definitely, I think the thing that really sealed the deal for me was the first um, arc of Taz of the Adventure Zone, yeah. the Balance arc, yep, um, which is. Um, we've I, we've talked about it before, but just to refresh your memory, it's um, a D and D role playing podcast put on by the McElroy family. So Clint McElroy and his three sons, Justin, Travis, and Griffin. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go in order there, and yeah. I like at first was not going to, and then I was like, which one is first? Which one is the oldest and the middleest and the sweet baby? The sweet um, baby. So thirty under thirty. No longer. He's old now. Well, yeah. 
You're old, Griffin. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> He'll be really hurt when he finally hears that. I know, when that. he hears that. <laughs> oh, shucks. Yeah, you'll always be older than me. Um, that's how time works. Uh-huh. It's uh, linear. It sure is. It's not a flat circle. Um, so I just realize that more than anything, it's improv with structure. Yep. Um, and in the case of like the McElroy's, I think it's definitely like a comedy focused improv show. Totally. Um, which is, I think, what I would love to have. I don't know if I possess the talent to be as consistently funny as that group of people mm-hmm. is. But when our coworkers provided the opportunity and it was like going to be low lift for you and me, it was okay, we'll schedule ad hoc kind of, you know, as we go, we can play at work after work. Um, we have the space here. Um, it just feels like really easy. Yeah. The, the barrier for entry was very low and it was also exciting because the vast majority of the people that we are playing with are newer players themselves. Um, either they played as kids and they haven't played in a long time um, or they've played a couple times but they're not really well seasoned um, or they're like me and they've never played at all or they're like our teammates Ben and Darren who have done quite a bit. Yeah. Quite a bit of playing. At least that's what it feels like because they have a, a, a an incredible grasp of the rules. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been fun to um, improvise, but not for like – it's not a group of improvisers for a third-party audience. Yeah. We're improvising for each other, and it's been interesting getting to know people who I otherwise really truly would never – collaborate with yep. um, and building a sense of trust and vulnerability and therefore bravery because I think at first we were all like really stilted and like oh no I'm we'll do this um, you know and yeah. no sort of like no real attachment to the characters or right. like an unwillingness or like a, a fear of like oh this is what I want to do as this character right. and like developing a voice, like not even a character voice, but just like, or like a, a voice coming out of you. Yeah. But like, what, do, what would they act like? How would right. they be? How would they talk to somebody? Yes. And it's so interesting because I think in every other kind of role playing scenario, I have either in theater followed a specific script yep, and I build who I understand the character is around that. Yes. Or... I'm doing some kind of like online RPG and I don't have to really create anything there and I can kind of go back and structure it so that it's quote the perfect game like it's there's no game online role playing game that I found yet where if like you suddenly change course and you behave completely differently then like your character would quote unquote like the game's not like that's not true to who you are like this is why are you acting so weird they're going to be like okay we accept your choice um, without question because you're just putting in the input and we're going to return whatever that is supposed to happen yes exactly and so this is this has been really quite a challenge for me because I'm creating this character and there are things that I Katie the player want to do But I don't think that my character would. And I still struggle with that. And I'm still not good at it. 
Um, I still am very much playing as Katie Hearth the person. Yeah. <laughs> often. Yeah. Um, it's hard to break away from that. Yeah, for sure. And like, there's like, but we do have the luxury of being able to be like, okay, out of game, out of character. We have some some choices to make here. How do we how do we make them? Um, without like, and there's definitely like, I'm a detail oriented, structure based person, and yeah. there's a part of me that like wants to strategize everything. Um, and I think there's also a part of me that doesn't trust the DM. Like, no matter who is doing it, <laughs> no matter who's doing it, that I'm like, what are you trying to do to fuck us over? Yeah. And instead of just being like, okay, like, I surrender to you and I'm going to have fun and I'm going to go kind of balls to the wall here and, like, try something ridiculous because I think it's honest to who I've built this character to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I trust that you are not going to make this devastating for yeah. us. And it will be recoverable kind of no matter what um, because you want the story to keep going too. Do you think it's okay if I set a little bit of extra context for anybody who's like maybe brand new to D&D? Oh, sure. Um, Just because like I think people have an idea in their head of like what it is uh, and it feels very inaccessible. Sure. But I think D&D is actually one of probably the most accessible games you could possibly play. Yep. Basically at its fundamental level. You are playing with a group of people. It's typically like fantasy oriented, but there are Mm -hmm. a lot of like tabletop RPGs where you're playing a character who has certain attributes that you get Mm -hmm. to kind of choose and play with and you get to decide what this character's like. Sure. And really all you do is say, this is what I want to do. You oftentimes have to roll a dice to see if you're successful. Mm -hmm. And the dungeon master, the person who's kind of like, overseeing the story and everything tells you like whether or not that happens so it's really low effort as far as like getting into it there's not a whole lot you need um there's not a whole lot of experience you really just need to say have like an imagination and say like i want my character to do this and you can really do anything because the dm it's a collaboration between you as the player Mm -hmm. who you're playing with and then the dungeon master who can then just say like, okay, you light this door on fire, whatever. Right. I mean, it truly, when I say that it's improv, yeah. it is. And there are some fundamental rules of improv where it's like share. Yeah. Um, the biggest one that I think a lot of people know is yes and. And yep. so there should not be between any of the players or the DM a lot of no, but. Yeah. Um. There should be some collaboration and and there will be some compromise at times, but often. Um, But like it's nice because it's because the dice offer a sense of removing bias. Yes. The dice are there to make it more about chance than anything else. And the stats that your character has as you gain gear and as you level up and garner more experience can help push the odds in your favor, essentially. Um, And as you level up, the experiences that you encounter are also probably going to level up. And so it it tries to make it, much like we were talking about, I think, in Sekiro last week, fair. Um, Last week, I mean, last time. (laughs) That episode. (laughs) We recorded that a long time ago. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. it, It is like it's, it basically is as fun as you want it to be. Yep. And I think something that's really valuable and something that we have done in the games that we've played 
um, which are one of which was pretty short. Yep. Just a few sessions. And this one that we're doing now is longer form. Yeah, it's been going on for a few months now. Yeah, we meet about once a week. And I think we're on like the 15th or 16th, maybe more. Yeah. Um, meeting. Yep. So, yeah, it's been going on for a while. Um, but what we did at the beginning is we like connected and we said, what do you want to get out of this experience? Because there are going to be some people who are like, who are really, I think, invested in really playing by playing to the rules mm-hmm. and playing by numbers. And they want it to be really analytical and specific. And there yep. are some people who are like, you know, I really want to get into a lot of um, encounters and fights and I want to roll dice a lot. Mm-hmm. And there are some people who are like, I want it to be more conversational, experiential, you know, um, world building and character building than tactics. Um, and so I think it's important to have that conversation if you do this so that you don't go in with an expectation of what you think D&D is and then you're met with somebody else's interpretation of that. Like you can like kind of meet each other halfway. Yeah. It tends, in my experience with the, the groups that I've played as, as an adult, is that it's so much more about the fun and collaboration aspect that like people are kind of like willing to, to work. And it's mm-hmm. always nice to have a couple people who have played a little bit more who have that sort of like maybe encyclopedic knowledge mm-hmm. or just that experience who can help kind of like give inspiration or provide a little bit of guidance. But yeah. for the most part, like it's such a it's such a low, uh, low lift jumping mm-hmm. in there. It's like it's very easy to just kind of like, you know, mechanically speaking, super, super easy. Yeah. Building a character will take some time. Yeah. Um, it, and and like and that's just if you're just thinking solely about like mechanics. Yep. Like what what are my stats? What are my like if you're a spellcaster? What are my spellcasting abilities? Or like you know what are what is my attack bonus or my proficiency or whatever? Like a bunch of terms there, and just coming to understand that. And as you play more and more, you get more familiar with what you have to check while you're rolling dice in order to say like yes. In order for the DM to like say like okay you got this and that means you're successful yep. um, on your attempt or whatever, um, but otherwise like and I would say like you also want to spend some time developing who your character is like we were talking about before because that just makes the the collaboration process more fun. Yeah. Um, again, it took us a little while to kind of warm up to each other. And be silly and let loose and um, and get to know each other and build that trust, which, again, I think resonates with me in, in terms of, like, improv, that it takes time to learn how to collaborate with each other um, and to feel like you're grooving a yeah. little bit. Um, yeah. So I've been really enjoying it. I think it's really fun to flex those playful... And like my imagination muscles, yeah, you know, like because I'm imagining landscapes and what people look like and like what's happening in this in this room right now, even though I'm sitting in a conference room, yep, in jeans and a t-shirt, like you know, um, I kind of am able to like sweep myself off somewhere else and and use my inner eye to imagine what is going on here, yeah, um, so it's been a lot of fun. I hope that this is something that I can kind of continue to dabble in for a long time. Um, I think my dream would be 
if not this group, then to find like a group that I can have kind of a long term playing career with, I guess, because it just gets better the more time that we spend together. And like it gets better with these longer arcs where like I personally enjoy the process of getting to know my character better and getting to understand her stats better and like feeling like I know strategically how to play this person and like all that good stuff. Yeah. I uh, and just as sort of like a personal note about this, the characters that we're playing, like I'm having so much fun, mm-hmm. so much more fun with this character that I yeah. created in conjunction with you because we decided to be twin siblings mm-hmm. um, as opposed to twin, not siblings. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Doppelgangers. <laughs> Doppelgangers. Um, yeah. Uh, where we were able to like come up with this sort of like rich backstory together, mm-hmm. which was a lot of fun to kind that of piece together. Of and then also talk about elements of it with our DM to give a little bit more like, okay, like where do we go in the story? How mm-hmm. do we explore this? And like just kind of like rec- like realizing where the mysteries are. There's so much like playful like uncovering information. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of like I've told this story before. I don't think on this show, but it's something I've always really loved um, about J.R.R. Tolkien where he said that when he was writing The Two Towers, uh, he didn't realize that Faramir was Mm -hmm. there in the bush until he popped up out of it, that it was just Mm. such a nice surprise. And there's been, you know, the first time around, we were like the first campaign we were playing, I had a very, like, a very specific idea of what this character was. Yeah. And then realized at a certain point that I, like, I created something that felt so rigid. Yeah. That it would be really difficult to break out of that from a personality standpoint without having to just kind of like essentially retcon. Sure. You know, <laughs> like completely do away with what I'd created. And then this time around, being able to create a character where it's just kind of like there's enough ambiguity and weirdness mm-hmm. there where it yeah. can be like, oh, this feels like it falls in line with what they would do. Definitely. And you can start to piece together like, oh, this is more of a central part of who they are. Sure, absolutely. And it's like that you don't have to have it completely figured out, but like giving yourself, like you said, I think that ambiguity where it's like they're allowed to be people um, and they're allowed to give a shit about some stuff and be complete dicks about other things and like, you know, be an idiot here and be really compassionate there. And I I don't know. I think it is really fun to be able to give yourself that that time to kind of develop a backstory without without putting yourself in such a rigid place that you feel like you can't ex- experience the world that's being built around you. Definitely. I feel really lucky to live in a time and a culture where an embrace of childlike traits is kind of a little bit more accepted. Yeah. Um, where having imagination and wonder and playfulness and silliness is perfectly lovely and wonderful. Assuming that like you're going to you know, work and you're taking care of yourself and your finances and your body, like you're being responsible for things that are essential to survival. But like you are also allowed to have a good time while you are doing it, which is something that I think was like, I didn't understand that about adulthood as a kid. Totally. I thought adulthood was like a really serious affair. Yep. And I'm so thrilled that it's not because that feels so stifling. Yeah. Um, I'm right there with you. mm -hmm. I also really appreciate that like you were mentioning before that like D&D for the longest time had a very specific <laughs> sort of like assumed target demographic, demographic yeah. where the the sort of like 
quintessential stereotype is the geeky a bunch of white like dude. yeah, a bunch of geeky white dudes in, in their mom's basement. in somebody's basement. Yes. Yeah. Uh, covered in Cheetos. Arguing like, with each other over stats and specifics. Right. And, like, it, and it feels so inaccessible. Mm-hmm. And even like for somebody like me, where it's like I was a huge video game nerd growing mm-hmm. up. Like I definitely loved things. You that are were a geeky consi- white dude. Totally. You're part of a Slack group called Geek Friendly. Yes. And there are like there, but there are even elements there where like I would want to play D&D growing mm-hmm. up, but there was still like there was that. um Stigma. The stigma that kind of pushed me away from it was thinking like this is too nerdy. Yeah, like, definitely. This is too definitely. weird. And it's lovely like being surrounded by people now where it's just kind of like, no, this is just a fun thing and understanding more that like this is for anybody. Like you don't even have to like you don't have to like video games. You don't have to like like fantasy. I think an interest and like sort of a basis of knowledge can be helpful. Mm-hmm. But if you just like socializing with your friends and playing this game that is really just built on you kind of coming up with fun and interesting ways to approach the scenario, yeah, it was mean, really. But that's the thing is like, okay, so like you've talked about this before. And I think that, but I think that there are builds out there that support more of like a Wild West vibe or oh, totally. like, you know, uh, a future apocalypse vibe, yep. you know, robot or like robot apocalypse kind of stuff. Like there's there there is some type of fantastical element yes. to it always, because why else would you go on a huge adventure? Right. Otherwise, I mean, Dungeons you know what I mean? Dragons is sort of the, th- the thing that s- like started it all mm-hmm. was always kind of rooted in that sort of like medieval fantasy world with elves yes, and yes. orcs and shit like that. But yeah, there's the fucking Vampire the Masquerade is mm-hmm. a tabletop RPG that's similar to D and D, but you are in essentially modern day and you're playing as different types of vampires. So it's like right there's there's a there's a flavor for everyone totally for sure. And, and you can even like take the rules from one and kind of like make your own stuff if you yeah, really want to get really it, weird. Baby. Yeah, um, one of my favorite people, kind of going along this theme that I follow on Twitter. Uh, uh, is Kate Welch, mm-hmm. um, and she now works for Wizards of the Coast, the company Very that cool. like make is now owns and develops new D and D rule sets and tabletop stuff. games. Yeah, yeah. Um, they also do like Magic the Gathering and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, but she works on the D and D team, and um, frequently not only is tweeting about it, but like they take part in like live streams of D and D games and stuff, and is a huge proponent for. Uh, building a sort of like inclusive environment around it, mm-hmm. which is so cool to see. Um, Definitely. Like if you're at all sort of like put off by the sort of like nerdy stereotype of D&D, you should follow Kate Welch and then like watch some like live streams or YouTube videos or whatever yeah, of these a, groups that play. There's a group that plays actively still and yeah. has for a long time called Critical Role. Yeah. Um, and you can see the the like dm of critical role he has done like a few one-off like very quick sessions with people like stephen colbert yeah um so highly recommend like taking a look at that if you're interested in seeing it taz is a great example the balance arc of kind of uh, the of D D as a podcast um and that's really wonderful um there are a number of resources out there that can kind of like help break the barrier of what you might think D&D is and yep. shows you like the potential that it has, like all the things that it can be. Um, 
And one thing I'll say is that, like, if you want to get into this and, like, you don't want to have, like, a lot of, like, rules that you have to memorize and, like, stats and numbers and, and all that stuff, like, we mentioned earlier that we are playing D&D 5e, the fifth edition. Yeah. Fifth edition was also huge in making D&D accessible because that idea of dudes yelling at each other in a basement over like whether or not a thing is possible because you don't have this that or the other or you're this many feet away or whatever that i think is more kind of like along is it like 3.5 like there there are different editions of D that were far more complicated yeah um and did make it inaccessible for a lot of people so 5e is i mean 5e is just like okay like here are your mod here are your modifiers and here are the dice you need and go have fun role playing. Yeah. But I think the cool thing is, is because those rule books for the earlier editions still exist, mm-hmm. that if you do want the thing that's a little bit more fiddly or more in, oh, like, yeah. intense. It's still there. It's still there. There's nothing stopping you. And like when I played D&D before, we were playing on a modified uh, 3.5 edition uh, uh, called Pathfinder. So it's like it's D&D adjacent. Um, so it's like people are kind of coming up with their own little modifications just based mm-hmm. on what they think is fun and the the concepts and stuff they like. But I agree, like 5e has made it so much easier to just kind of like feel like you're getting in the game mm-hmm. quicker and Definitely. just enjoying yourself. And it does make me want to kind of explore these other things and say like, oh, OK, like these might be a little bit more complicated, but I have this foundational knowledge now Definitely. that will carry me. Yeah. And like it does make me like I do find myself really drawn to and fond of. 5e i or i think and D in general i think that there's something um to be said for like there are a bunch of tabletop rpgs out there and i would be very interested to explore more of them i think D is probably the widest reaching one totally um but yeah i just like again i i think like there are there's like a tabletop rpg event in madison next month Oh, really? Yeah, Ben oh. was writing about it. Um, and fun. yeah, we could go play like some like one-off games together. Yeah. Um, just head up to Madison for a weekend. Um, We're going to Door County anyway. We can just we stop are, off in we Madison. Are. I wonder if it's happening at the same time. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think um, it's it's something that can be as long or short form as you want. It can be as homebrewed or pre-written as you want like um the first game that we played was from like a D dungeon master's guide yeah. book essentially yeah it was a campaign like a pre-built campaign a pre-built campaign and now we're doing something that's completely homebrew yeah um that's just from the mind of our dm which is wild it's very cool um when i think about it and and so there's like it, it just has enough flexibility to make it happen for anyone who's willing to kind of go go through the initial how do I play this, not only in terms of game mechanics, but in terms of like improvising with your friends if you're not accustomed to doing that. Yeah. Um, so if you're willing to kind of go through like that maybe kind of a little awkward first few sessions, like it turns into something really fantastic. Um, and it might be perfectly fantastic the first time too. Yeah. Um, but it's like anything new. There might be a little bit of discomfort there. Yeah. Uh, highly suggest it. There are, there's a, a website called Roll20 that provides um, forums and like online gameplay. So you can play. You don't even have to play in the same room together. You yeah. can play 
virtually. Yep. Um, That's how I played the Pathfinder campaign. It was really fun. Yeah. And here yeah. in Chicago, there's, um, what is it called? The Dice Dojo. Yeah. Um, up in like Edgewater, I think. Yep. Um, and they have like one-off games that happen there every so often. There's like a whole slew of ways to get involved like you don't need to have seven people sitting in a room together that you all know yeah that you know all like you know all of them and like it's everybody wants to play there there's so many ways to get involved and kind of try this out reddit is a big one there's a dungeons dragons uh subreddit so like people post in there all the time like suggestions on like how do i find people to play with Mm -hmm. are there groups like looking for more players right now uh, I have this character that I yeah. really like to play with. Does anybody need a tank or a healer or, yeah. like, you know, whatever? Um, and it's just a really fun way to kind of explore something that isn't as rigid or as railroaded mm-hmm. as so many other games can be. Yeah. Um, or if you're like a theater person like me as like a scripted show is. Right. Which there's like beauty in that for sure. But like there's something exciting about essentially endless possibility. You know, don't be a dick, but it's endless. (laughs) But the possibilities are endless. Yeah, it's kind of cool coming from a a background of playing video games where Mm -hmm. games can like video games can be as open world and sort of like like as complex as as they want to be like they can make them right. immensely uh huge and red and, dead redemption well yeah but like at the end of the day there are limitations there mm-hmm. like you can't do shit that's not built into the game you know there you know it's not it comes to you ready made yeah there's there's a limited like set of rules you you know you have a limited place where you can go mm-hmm. but something like dungeons and dragons you literally could say like I'm not going to do the adventure. I'm going to go over there and I just mean, walk for days. I mean, that's literally what happened yeah. in our game last night. Yeah. Where it's just like the the game was clearly saying, okay, it's time for us to leave this place. And I said, nope, I'm staying here. Yep. And then some shit went down. Yeah. Um, Because the group said yes and, essentially. Yeah. And the DM said yes and. <laughs> yeah. That helps. <laughs> that helps a lot. We have lot. a good DM. We do have a good DM who will be infuriating sometimes when he's like... Well, you can do whatever you want. It's like, please help me. I just want guidance. And then, you know, but then there are times when I go like, okay, fine. I'm unrolling my bedroll and I'm having a sleepover with this, this like, you know, crazy woman that I just met. Yeah. Here we go. Yep. And then he's like, all right, here we go. It makes me so happy because it's something that like I've always been interested in um, and have always struggled trying to figure out like how to even do this. Uh, And the fact that you expressed an interest in that uh it was something that was like i was looking forward to and yeah. hoping that we would enjoy realizing that like it didn't take much you know no. um that there's the excitement there for it that we're enjoying this together um and it started to bleed over into other areas like i could mm-hmm. like we could talk for another 40 45 minutes, minutes yes about divinity, divinity uh which an ep- you know, a topic for another episode. Yeah. Um, maybe after we finally beat it. But, like, <laughs> the fact that we realize, like, oh, this is kind of that thing that scratches the itch. Like, yeah. how can we do more of this? Yes. And I just, it's one of those things where I just want to get better at it. Mm-hmm. Really. Yeah. Um, and I, there's, you know, I've been, so I listened to a, a TED radio hour recently about play. Yeah. Um, and about how incredibly important it is 
for us as social creatures. And I think that we do have this notion that play is for children. And we stop playing when we become adults, that it's like this serious affair. And again, like maybe that's like my wild misconception, but it feels... I don't think that's it untrue. It feels like a stereotype to me that yeah. is pervasive throughout our society and 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 throughout the the world and I I just love I don't know, it's also one of those things where it's just kind of like, you know, um it can be as innocent or as volatile and kind of vulgar and ridiculous as you want. Yeah. Um so it's just it it feels like this I don't know. It just feels like friends getting together and shooting the shit. It's just good. Yeah. Um I love play. I love I love that because I think as a kid I really I did my best to distance myself from play so much hmm. that life was more about work and being serious and being responsible and you know as much as I could be as a kid, which wasn't, you know, I wasn't always successful about being responsible, but I think I just, like, I started losing joy at a relatively early age and being able to rediscover it in my adulthood and just kind of, like, let go and have a good time is great. Yeah. And it just, like, yeah, again, like, I talk, I think I talk about this a lot, that it's just, like, life is too short to be grumpy and mad and strict and all of that fun stuff. And this is another way where I can figure out how to reframe my expectations about what a good life is. That got a little heavy, but, you know. I think it's a, a really good way to put a little cap on this episode. Ding. It was nice. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you for asking me. And thank you for playing D&D with me. Thank you for playing with me. This yeah. has been a lot of fun. And I love that we've been able to explore a number of different things as a result, realizing yeah. that like, oh, this is a, a, sh- a shared interest. Yes. So it's a good cooperative thing. Yeah. Um, I love cooperative play. And it like evens the playing field for me a little bit because mm-hmm. you're so proficient at video games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that like, I'm like, I don't know how to do this with you. Ah! Yeah. You know, unless it's a turn-based kind of thing. Right. Yeah, that's where Divinity has been really nice. Yes. Yeah. Because I get to take my time. Yep. <laughs> but I'd love to know, uh, just as we're kind of closing out, if anybody has other RPGs that they're really into. Yeah. If you do swear by Vampire the Masquerade, or I bring that one up Tabletop because it's like the only other one that I really know. Like, mm-hmm. I haven't done a ton of digging um, outside of D&D because it's so pervasive, but I'm curious. Sure. Um yeah, or like groups in Chicago. Oh, totally. Or virtual groups if you're looking for players, like hit me hit me up at least. Yeah. If not also Keenan. I don't know. I, Once I, again, a dangerous thing to suggest. Uh, because yes, our audience is limited right now, but if in the future we become a thing, yeah. you'll have to break a lot of hearts because well, you can't okay, be a part so of 75 groups. Right. I can't. And I hope that that feels reasonable. It's currently August 23rd, <laughs> 2019. We have just hit 200 downloads on our first episode. Yeah. Um, so that's where we're at right now when I'm putting this request out there. If we have got, if we have somehow blown up in a big way and you're listening <laughs> to it now, please treat me with respect and and understanding ra- and like yeah. And re- yeah be reasonable yeah. um but at this present moment i'm very interested in like continuing to build groups and finding people that i drive with in that way you know and in, in the rpg improv kind of way yeah 
So, yeah. Love it. Congrats, Mom and Dad. You raised a nerd. Special thanks to Jackson Davis, whose song, Same As You Wanted, is our intro and outro music. Check out his EP, 701, anywhere you listen to music. You can get in touch with us through our website, thismuchlove.com, and via Twitter, at thismuchlove. Our DMs are open. Tell us about something you love. owning it okay own your nerdery i'm owning my my geek (laughs) it's like the most hello fellow kids sort of way you could have worded that i'm owning my geek (laughs) i'm doing my best you are (laughs) i'm just a geek doing her best goodbye